This is the Women Emerging Expedition Podcast, so you can follow the ups and downs and the roundabouts of the expedition and play your part in them. 24 women started on the 28th of May 2022 on this virtual expedition that will take nine months. We are women from across the world determined to find an approach to leadership that resonates with women. We'll be successful so that women the world over will be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Welcome, 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 Julie Middleton, Expedition Leader. This episode is a very detailed one. It's going to, it's heavy, it's chunky, it's full, totally packed full of golden nuggets. And you're going to, I think, almost inevitably want to play it back to yourself a few times. It's devoted to what we learn about leadership from the activities we do outside work. Two people we're going to talk to, Alison and Kelly. Alison, who's going to talk about yoga, and Kelly, who's going to talk about rugby and, and leading a team, an international team of rugby players. Alison will look at things inevitably much more from the individual's point of view and about the self-awareness that yoga teaches you that is so crucial to being a good leader. And then Kelly inevitably will see it very much from a team point of view. And though she is completely with Alison, that the self-awareness is one of the absolute basic pieces, hers also is about how you develop the relationship awareness that, that is crucial to leading a team. They complement each other in a fascinating way. So let's get in there. Alison first. I think that a lot of people believe that yoga is just about twisting yourself into some kind of human pretzel, but actually it's much more than that. And I really think there's a lot of relevance to leadership and certainly as someone who's practiced yoga for many years now, I've found it hugely helpful to me in my leadership journey. The term yoga actually means yoke, the idea of bringing together the body and the mind. So you imagine yourself riding two horses of body and mind. You're trying to get them to work in harmony when you're doing yoga. And in leadership, I mean, we sometimes feel we're probably riding more than two horses, maybe four or five. Four or five horses sounds just about right, Alison. I know you've got a great list of leadership learnings from yoga. It would be fantastic to go through them because it's one of the big issues that women are looking, the members of the expedition are looking at, this combination of mind and body and how they come together in leadership. So take us through your list. First of all, about doing the basics. In yoga, you know, you you think you want to turn yourself into a human pretzel, but actually what you have to do at the beginning is the basics, very simple positions. And I remember being very annoyed with my yoga teacher who uh, said that I couldn't do complex positions at the beginning because I just wasn't prepared. And it's exactly the same in leadership. You know, you have to learn to chair a meeting, write a budget, lead a team, speak effectively. 
And if you can't do those things, and if you don't have the groundwork there, you're not going to be able to really fly at the next stage as a leader. You know, it's always going to trip you up. And it's exactly the same in yoga. You know, you have to do the basics. I'm sure people who play musical instruments say something similar. The second thing is about is thinking, thinking about it. I mean, when I can't practice my yoga, and sometimes, you know, you just can't, you're too busy or whatever. I really think about it and think about what I'm going to do. And in leadership, I, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. And we sort of need to sometimes think really carefully about what we're about to do, not just do it. And thinking about it can be hugely important to our effectiveness. There are really examples in sports. So, you know, the, there's, a, there's evidence now that sports people who train by just thinking about what they're going to achieve actually develop the muscle mass that enables them to be better. And they'll, you know, think of the soccer player standing on the sports field who doesn't actually kick the ball at all, but thinks about kicking the ball. And this is well known in, in sports practice. So thinking is really important. One that I think is really important is awareness. In yoga, it's about developing your awareness of your body and your mind and how they work together and how you are today as you do your practice. And I think awareness in leadership is crucial in two ways. One, developing your own self-awareness. What is your impact on others? What are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, you need to think about how you're going to build on your strengths, but you may not be able to do everything. You need people with you who can support you and compensate, if you like, for your weaknesses. You know, if you're not brilliant at building strategic plans, you need someone who can help you to do that. So self-awareness is crucial, but also is awareness of what's going on around you. You know, sensing your environment knowing what people are thinking and how they're reacting to what you're doing. You know, if, if, you, if you don't read the room properly in that crucial meeting, then you may not achieve your goals. So I think building awareness is one of the things I've learned most from yoga and I think is, is absolutely critical as a leader. I think many people think that as women, you know, we're, we're particularly good at this, but, and we may have an aptitude for it, but we really need to develop it and work on it because it's, it's a crucial skill. The next one is, is pushing and accepting. You know, when you start out doing yoga, you think, oh, right, I'm going to be able to turn myself into a human pretzel. In fact, you may not be able to. Um, you may not actually have that bodily aptitude to do it, but you can try and push and you must try and push. So in leadership, it's just the same too. You know, you, you need to find those opportunities to test what you're good at. It may turn out that you're not a financial genius, but you need to be financially literate and you need to push yourself to develop that. But in other areas, and, and but it, to do the finance really effectively, you're going to need to find an accountant to support you. I know in, in yoga that if you don't challenge yourself, you never know what you can do. But on the other hand, you do some to have, sometimes have to allow the other person to become the human pretzel rather than you and accept that they have to do that 
and you do something different. And finally, prioritizing. One of the things I've learned most from yoga is it gives you the space and the time and the reflection to really consider what's most important. You know, you allow certain thoughts to float to the surface and others to float away. And I think as women, we're often really having many, many priorities. Uh, we're wrestling with too many challenges at the same time. And having a way of reflecting and giving yourself the time to figure out what's really important and what is your most important goal is hugely valuable. It certainly has been for me. Thank you, Alison. You can see what I mean about the richness of the content, the sheer volume of points. But um, let's carry on now quickly to Kelly. You'll spot quite quickly. Kelly does not like talking about herself or analysing her own leadership. as She was entirely forced. I pinned her arm behind her back. But in the end, she just jumped in. She jumped in the deep end and rolled out her leadership learning in a way that's hugely compelling. Kelly, Alison is yoga, that's individual. You are rugby, that's team. Tell, tell, tell me what that teaches you about leadership. I totally agree with Alison. Uh, leadership is about self, but it's also, on the other hand, about others. So in particular, relationships. Um, so when you ask the question uh, to me, how do you lead a team? And in my particular context, leading a team sport, as Alison said, it is about awareness in her yoga context, self-awareness. And in mine, uh, leading a sport team is about the relationship awareness. So through my experience captaining my national rugby side and also leading in other team sports, um, I've always been curious uh, with the intriguing question, what is leadership in the team sport context? So we have a Maori uh, proverb over here in New Zealand where I live. What, uh, what is the most important thing in the world? And it's about people, it's people, and it's people. And in leadership, relationship is first and foremost. So team sports gives us that relationship practice over and over and over again. You can only imagine how many opportunities you have to build relationships, work on relationships within a game. You may have a relationship moment with two people, with three people, with four people, but it's hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice that we get that relationship. And as a previous sport leader and captain coach, like through my experience, there's a number of factors that really contribute to leading these effective relationships in a team sports setting. And by far, number one in leading relationships is connection. So if you can connect to every single player on that field in some way that shows them that they care, you'll create connection and, and a positive culture. So as a captain, um, I really made an effort to connect to every teammate in some different way than, way than others. Um, in some ways, it may be joking. Other ways, it may be an empowering way. But it's that connection between you and them that is different than anyone else. For example, one of my uh, teammates and I played in a club team in Sydney for years, and we played the Singapore national team. That game was hers. She, she must have scored about eight tries for my sport in rugby. Um, and she knew it. She was, she was absolutely awesome in that game. And so when we went to back to play for Canada, um, we'd have a general call that we'd do for the team. And I'd just kind of look at her and I'd just say Singapore. And she'd just give me the nod and the smile and have a little giggle. And then, uh, yeah, it just really empowered that moment. So that special connection that me and her shared um, was really important. 
you have to form that in different ways with each individual. Yes, 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 yes. So, and that, and that's what is so exciting about it, about leadership, I find as a leader is it's that little like, it's kind of like a play area. Hey, it's like, what, how can I connect with that person and that person when they're so different? And I guess second, uh, secondly, communication has to be clear. So team sports gives us that a unique experience to explore uncertainty over and over again. So every time we start, we actually don't know the outcome. We can prepare as much as we want, but there's just so many complex different things that happen in a game that anybody can be winning at any time. So communication in the moment, which is clear and especially heard by the team is paramount. And what I mean by heard is that there's recognition by everyone uh, that we're still on the same page and moving forward to our vision. So whether you're in a leadership sense, you're in a board, when you make that clear communication, that, that nod or that eye contact is really important to understand that we're all on this together. You also used an expression with me, which fascinated me, which is that if you communicate well, you bring the uncertainty down. Yes. Do you always need to keep the uncertainty down? To a certain extent, to, I think, control those negative emotions. Hey, so if you can just communicate just enough so that they have some of those positive emotions and knowing um, that we're kind of still connected, we still have all those connections. So really, yeah, when those, all those connections are, are connected, it feels good. There's synergy with the team. If insert, and certainly tries to break those connections. So just that kind of little that we are all still connected through just little bits of clear communication can really help. Give me an example. Example within a game would be if we just got scored upon um, and we now know that we only have four minutes to try and uh, to win the game. Um, and so that clear communication. So now, now we've kind of had that little bit of synergy broken. The negative emotions are coming in, the pressures, um, the uncertainty, whether we're going to win or not. So just clear little bits of communication, as many communication that you can get to every single person on that, on that field. And it might just be like, come on, let's, let's do it. Eye contact, nonverbal. We'll just bring all that complexity connections or, together. Or, or patting somebody on the shoulder or waving. Yeah, exactly. Or yep. making a silly smiley face that everybody knows. Yeah. So it's, and you try and do that with every individual on the, on the, yeah. Yeah. It's a quick moment. And sometimes it's just a little wave. And, and one of my teammates used to say, Kelly, I knew that if you just, you know, flipped your ponytail one way at me, I knew that I was okay, that we were still connected. It was just a real interesting synergy between us as a team. And some people might say, but you haven't got time to do that. There's always time. There's always a moment. Hey, there's always a moment that you can do that. And it might not be within that 10 seconds, but there is an always a moment somewhere. That's what I love about leadership is there is a moment. There is always a moment that you can actually connect to that person. And flick your ponytail. Flick your ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so one of the related, and also on that communication, what we're talking about, and I guess what we had just kind of brought up is that nonverbal communication. So that flick of the ponytail is a perfect example of that nonverbal communication. You know, that phrase, keep your head up when a mistake has happened, um, is just, just so important for a leader. Uh, my coach always said, you know, head up, chest up, look up, looking forward whenever those negative emotions start to come on. So that was an example that, and I always remember that when you get into times and in leadership times, uh, whatever you're doing out there is head up, chest up, eyes forward. 
and everybody kind of just follows that. Again, what we talked about is that synergy. So another really important aspect relating relationships is don't overthink. This is what probably one of the number one, one of the most important things I've learned in leading sport teams. You know, if you overthink, they'll score while you're thinking. So thinking <laughs> in the moment, also known as that reflection and action kind of thing. So important as a leader and team, like how quickly you react to turning a negative into a positive will help define you as that leader um, and hopefully uh, move you forward towards, like as your team moves forward towards the vision on what you want to do. And uh, in our case, winning a game. That's yeah. rather different from what Alison said, isn't it? Because Alison's saying, think about your leadership. But she means, I suppose, think about how you're going to lead before you go into the game. Yes. And then when you're in the game, don't overthink it. Yeah, it's that reflection before like thinking before and thinking after but reflection uh thinking in the game is just kind of a different construct isn't it it's just really yeah and and on that it's you know reframing that so you have to reframe that decision very very quickly so example of this is that we were playing uh the usa in a test match and um the referee was penalizing every time we tried to go into the uh to get the ball and uh, into the ruck in, in rugby, we, we call it a ruck where you can test the ball. And I guess after the third penalty, I had to bring the team in really quickly. And this is this reframing this context. And I said, we're going to create a situation where we take the referee out so they can't actually make this call. The decision came from me. It didn't come from the coaches. I'm a big believer in collective leadership, but I do believe that there's certain times and certain moments where we need to make these, these calls and reframe them really quickly. So and take the referee out you're gonna go knock them over or something yeah no take the referee out of the decision making so the referee was controlling our emotions at that time so i'm um, i think right in the minute what's controlling us let's take the control that part out yeah and so we did yeah so we did and we didn't and uh we didn't go into any rec, rec situation and for anyone that knows rugby that was not fun for a lot of the players because some of the players that is what they play rugby for is to go into those contests and stuff. So trying to making that reframing that decision in the moment was really, really important for that, that, that part. So, which follows me on to my last point as a leader, you, you don't avoid the hard decisions to choose avoidance as a leader um, is still manipulative control with you and it's not authentic. So what I mean by that is that you don't, that hard decision that I had to, to make at that time to say, hey, we're not going into the contest, we're not going to contest it, we're taking the referee's controlling factor out of it, um, and that was on my own, um, I just had to make it at that point. So you do have to make hard decisions at times as a leader, and as much as I, as I said, I believe in that collective leadership, I do believe there's those, those moments that leaders really need to stand out and make those hard decisions. And you've earned the right to make them. Yes. By building relationships. Yes. And probably that's, and what leads on to probably my last point is trust. So, you know, trust, uh, build that trust so that your team trusts you to lead. Um, how you build that trust is probably the million billion dollar question now, but uh, through some of the aspects that I've mentioned here, um, but also the context that you're in. It's that feeling that you have, the individuals, it's making that connection. And again, um, it's about people and it's about people and it's about people. So I do know within my core that I, that I believe humiliation is a fast track to losing trust within your teammates. So really important that when you get in that situation, because you've built this trust, 
that before you react, you take that breath, you, you know, you take Allison's yoga techniques, which is absolutely awesome to bring into a sport. Um, you empathize and you reframe. It's that reframe. So on, hang on. What do you mean humiliating? So when you humiliate, um, so if, if showing um, if someone's made a mistake, um, humiliating by letting them know that you've made that mistake, but also amplifying it to the team, that person's made that mistake. So that can just crush a person in a second. And that's not what you need. And as we talked before, those connecting that synergy within that team and those connections that will break one connection very, very quickly. And we just and there's no there's no coming back from that. Is no, on? no. And and if you do ever get in that situation, because people do get in that situation, it will just be a long, long process of lots of conversations with them. So and trying to build that trust again. So the best way is to not get into that situation. But it does happen. I mean, it, I suppose it you 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 destroy the trust with the individual, but you also destroy the trust with the whole team because the team have seen you do it. Yep. 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 And if they had not seen you in that situation, that can do a lot of damage as a leader. Definitely. And it's just restarting from the beginning again. How play women into all of this? I guess as a woman, we were born into relationship building, uh, how we are socially constructed as women. So there's a sport saying that 10,000 hours of practice makes an expert and a skill. And as women, we've reached those 10,000 hours of relationship skills by the time we were probably eight years old. So this means that women and all of us have that edge because for whatever reasons, women have had lots of practice of relationships. All those 10,000 hours, we have done our 10,000 hours. So relationships are ingrained in women and ingrained in leadership. Um, and what team sport has brought to leadership is what women have been building just being women. So it's time for us to realize that we, what we're looking for in leaders is actually in our foundation as women. <laughs> you really believe that? I believe that, yep. I believe that, and I don't think we often put our hand up, you know, going into interviews, going into boardrooms and saying, actually, I have 10,000 hours of skill of relationship practices, you know, move over, move over. I know this stuff. This is my foundation. I really believe that. I don't think we give us enough credit but now now it's interesting because you now sometimes you play in a man's team don't you yes is yes. that very different it is different and it's been very eye-opening because i play in a men's rugby team and it's golden oldies which is over 35 but it's um but the style of play the power and the control has, uh, I realize how much different it is in playing in a men's game, which is funny and like just, just as, as life is in a men's game versus a woman's game. So when I play with the men's game, I play this position halfback where um, I need to pass them. I, I kind of do the controlling behind all the contact. And we will play probably 80 minutes of give me the ball, Kel, give me the ball, give me the ball. I want to run over people. Give me the ball, give me the ball. And there's eight other people that never touch the ball because these, they always want to have the ball and run over. It's that individual power control. I want to have the ball. Let me have the ball. As opposed to when I play with women, it is, you know, a couple. Okay, give me the ball, Kel. There'll be a couple. Give me the ball. Okay, let's move over so the rest of us can can go with it now. So it's really been interesting uh, to see the different dynamics, those power dynamics within playing in a game of rugby. <laughs> but for you, the heart yeah. of leadership 
is building relationships. Yeah, yeah. Building relationships because that builds the connections, that builds the synergy, uh, that builds trust. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the people, it's the people, it's the people. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> that was fantastic. So two different angles, isn't it? Alison on getting the basics right, on thinking about leadership before you do it, on self-awareness, on on balancing the pushing yourself and covering yourself, knowing that you can't do everything and you can't see every angle. And then the prioritising. That is a fantastic yoga list, Alison. Alison and I worked for each other, with each other, with each other for over 35 years and still do. Uh, we are totally different from each other. It's quite funny. We, um, uh, we would often agree who was going to which meeting because um, Alison had this absolutely mistressful ability to calm things down and to see things straight. And, and, I, and I was put in when you wanted to do the opposite of when the job was to wind things up and push things um, crazily and perhaps um, sometimes unreasonably. The, uh, it's funny listening to Kelly talking about the threads. Uh, the thread between Alison and I, we developed it well over the years. And um, there were some very funny moments when both of us just watched people who were trying to sever the threads between us. We used to just simply laugh at them as we watched them try to achieve the impossible. Uh, Kelly's point about threads and forming the threads across a team, I think are really, really interesting. It's a very interesting way of of looking at it and and one of the big jobs of the leader is to create those threads to tender those threads to care for those threads and for the, for what to, to watch out for the things that might try to sever them like referees who get in the way or watching for the things that you yourself might do that that risk severing the threads and 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 Kelly's example about humiliating people is is very very powerful. The thing I remember Kelly for is ten thousand hours. That's that's it, isn't it? By the time you are eight years old, as a as a girl child, you have already had your ten thousand hours of being a leader who understands relationships. And um, we as women need to recognise our ten thousand hours and the edge that that gives us. So thank you, Alison. Thank you, Kelly. Next week uh, will be a slightly different episode. What we're going to do is catch up uh, with some of the members of the expedition, not all, but some of the members of the expedition who are now two months in. We want to catch up on some of their thinking. I've, I've described the next get together for all 24 members by by saying by giving them a, a, a kitchen analogy that our objective is to bake a cake 
a beautiful and glorious cake and we'll do that in February 2023. A cake that will um, capture an approach to leadership that resonates with women. But um, we haven't started making the cake yet. At the moment, we're still just gathering the ingredients. And you can imagine amongst the 24 women, there are some people who really want to get in there, start mixing, start putting the ingredients together. And I'm I'm pushing back constantly and saying, nope, 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 nope. Uh, we're not starting yet. This stage, I want you to carry on bringing more ingredients and put them on the counter in the kitchen. And then as soon as they're on the counter, get back out there and find more ingredients. At the moment, we are just gathering ingredients for an eventual beautiful cake. I deeply believe that one of the important things that leaders do is to find some sort of visual expression of the stage that we're in that gets people to really understand it, common understand it, and and lets them get on with it and not sort of overthink things in the way that Kelly talks about. So so next week we'll be looking at the kitchen, looking at the bowls and the trays and the jugs and what's in them that are coming into the kitchen and figuring out what ingredients we have got already that are already there in the kitchen. Whether they actually make it to the eventual cake or not, they're in the kitchen and that's what we want to have a look at next week. Look forward to it. Lots of love. Oh, and how can I forget? How can I forget? Tomorrow is our first, first live session, expedition live session. It's on Twitter, it's on LinkedIn, it's on Facebook. It's at 2 p.m. UK time tomorrow. It's just a short interlude where me and Aisha Mian, one of our bestest and most wonderful expedition members, will be listening to your ideas, stealing your ideas, answering your questions so that we widen the net of the expedition and have so many more women involved and thinking. And then we're going to do this on a regular basis, me and one of the expedition members. So, so hope you can join us. And if you can't, send me an email anyhow with whatever your question is, whatever your thought is. Can't wait. Talk tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love you to follow the expedition and provide your own stories and perspectives. You can do this by subscribing to this podcast and joining the Women Emerging Group on LinkedIn, where you can have your say.